Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman, and we're here to talk about the old brass spittoon game. Uh, Indiana takes on Michigan State in a trophy game. Oddly enough, while Indiana is not going to a bowl game, the final two games do have plenty of meaning uh, with two trophy games in the old brass platoon against Michigan State and the old Oaken Bucket against uh, Purdue. So uh, two very important games. I, I think one for the future of the program uh, and getting uh, some guys some playing time and maybe starting to build on uh, something for next year. If you could grab one or both of these trophies, that's a huge step in the right direction heading into 2023. Um, and I'll tell you, TJ, what I told Alex on Sunday, I'm not talking Tom Allen hot seat stuff tonight. I, I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's happening for a couple of years. So that's my, uh, I've said my piece. We're moving on. We're talking football. Uh, but let's get to last week real quick, TJ. It was it, it was a butt-kicking by Ohio State. They're a really, really good team. But I left that game feeling better about this program than I did when we were talking about Penn State. Uh, I thought that, you know, the transition to Dexter Williams has occurred. I know that Tom Allen is not announcing a starter for Saturday, but that's a little bit of game gamesmanship. I think it's a little silly. But I get it. Um, however, Dexter Williams was made was made available to the media on Monday, which leads me to believe that he will be your starter on Saturday, even if they don't announce it. Uh, and then you also saw Carter Smith play, Vincent Sneed, Isaiah Jones, and Caden Turner, and some other young mm-hmm. guys. So I came out of that game feeling a lot better about, hey – they're starting to play these young guys, and uh, maybe maybe they could find something to build upon uh, for next year because they're going to need all the momentum they could get getting into the offseason because they opened the 2023 season with Ohio State at home. So any momentum that you might have could get squished very quickly. Uh, what was your takeaway from the Ohio State game, TJ? Well, the outcome – was obviously never in question going into it. Uh, we knew that. Everybody knew that. Uh, you know, Fox knew that. The whole broadcast was just a continuing advertisement for how great Ohio State is and for the upcoming Michigan-Ohio State game. Um, from an IU perspective, I think that Dexter Williams showed you enough isolated plays to get you somewhat hopeful and excited. Uh, Now, I understand you have to be a little bit of an optimist to take that stance, but um, 
Yeah, that's what we talked about before the game was. You are looking for individual plays, individual performances from guys that stand out and make you say, okay, okay, well, if he can do that against Ohio State, maybe we got something here. And I think you saw some of that from Dexter Williams. I thought his escapability in the pocket uh, when plays broke down was good. Uh, I thought that there were you know, some positive signs of Walt Bell using that mobility for Dexter Williams. Uh, and, and we kind of brought this up during the game on our, our group chat was you cannot have a static pocket with this offensive line. And no. until that gets fixed, you can't have somebody, in this case, Dexter Williams or Connor Bazelak, whoever, you cannot have the quarterback take the snap and be static in the pocket for you know more than a second basically because the pass rush swallows him up the pocket collapses and it's a a negative play what indiana did more of with dexter williams which makes perfect sense is roll that pocket move the pocket to both sides um, and start to figure out okay this is what he can do well this is what he doesn't do well, or this is what this offensive line can tolerate. And this is what they can't. Uh, And we saw a little bit of that. I mean, there was a a couple of instances for sure where the inexperience of Dexter Williams shone through Uh, the, the primary example of that, I think was uh, there were a couple of plays that he just held on to the ball too long without making a decision um, and took a sack on a play where, the protection wasn't bad, uh, but you know if you stand back there for three or four seconds, you're you're going to get sacked against Ohio State. So that inexperience and the fourth down play uh, when Indiana you know had a tad bit of momentum, went for it on fourth and short, and it was open. It was a good play call. It was well designed, and Aaron Steinfeld was open in the flat, and it was a you know a touch pass was required. And Williams just sailed it. Um, it. So that inexperience shown through, but still, overall, what I take from that game is there were some positive moments at the most critical position on the field to make you excited to see what else Dexter can do starting this week against a defense that's not Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. No, and that's uh, you know exactly right. I thought Dexter Williams played all right. Um, there are some throws and so, some really nice throws. The one to Anderson Kobe uh, for 49 yep. yards uh, down the field. He showed his arm strength um, and and things like that. There there were some throws where people got to make catches too, and, and there were drops. So I think the six for 19 or whatever he was is a little misleading. He's probably should have probably been closer to 50% passing, which is still not great. But like you no. said, they are not playing the Ohio State Buckeyes or the Penn State Nittany Lions. They are coming in against the uh, Michigan State Spartans, who, you know, used to be prided upon their their defense. Um, now they sit at 12th in the Big Ten in scoring defense. They are uh, 12th in the league, uh, giving up total yards they are 13th against the pass 
and 11th against the run. So their defense is not great. I I would venture to say it's not even good. Sorry to cut you off there. I think the pass defense, uh, that's where you can get to them. We first saw it early in the season against Washington. Now, turns out that that game was an indicator that Washington's offense is really good. Um, and that, that Michael Penix is really comfortable. He torched Michigan State. They let their foot off the gas, uh, and the Spartans got back into that one somewhat. But that was our first indication, hey, this Michigan State secondary, it ain't great. And we've seen it the rest of the season. Um, now, you know, they've they've played a little bit better here as of late, and that's got to be the concern for IU's coaches. Uh, Michigan State's come into this winning three out of four, and included in that is a win over Illinois, uh, although they were outgained pretty drastically in that contest and still came up with the win. Uh, and then last week, beating Rutgers, Scarlet Knights got a late touchdown to make that look closer than it was. Um, but really, this is an opportunity against a secondary that Dexter Williams needs to be able to show, hey, I learned some things in my earlier playing time and go out and show that that little bit of development. It's not going to be night and day. It's only been a couple weeks. Uh, but this is a game where you're hoping to see much more success through the air for Dexter Williams. Get that completion percentage up. Get that yardage up. Find a way to get him into rhythm early on uh, with some short passes. This is a secondary he can have some success against. Yeah, and I think that's what you want to see as an IU fan. Of course, you'd ra- you you want to see a win as well, but some you need some developmental progress. There's you know questions surrounding this program, the coaching staff, the players that there has been you know regression that they can't develop players mm-hmm. that you know they've hit a you know hit a wall and and have bounced backwards, uh, so to speak. So to see some development and progression under this coaching staff would at least to me, make me feel a little bit more comfortable heading into the off season that they can get this turned around. Um, and that it, you know, it, it's the end of this, you know, nightmare two seasons is, is coming to a close. Um, on the defensive side, TJ, Michigan state brings back Peyton Thorne. They, they really aren't that great on offense as well. Um, I think they average like 24 points a game. They're not the – I wasn't impressed with them last year either on offense outside of Kenneth Walker. They don't have exactly. Kenneth Walker this year. Uh, and, but, you know, they're averaging 24.8 points per game. They're, you know – 10 interceptions from Peyton Thorne to 20 touchdown passes. They're not in an elite offense um, that you've seen in Ohio State. Uh, Michigan or Penn State had a good offense as well. I think this is a gettable offense for this defense to maybe clamp down a little bit. You saw it last year. They held them to 15 points or, you know, 21 points or 20 points is 20 to 15. Uh, last year, 20 points. Maybe they find a little bit of juice. Uh, going into this game and and what can the the Indiana defense do to kind of limit this uh, Michigan State offense? 
so really they've kind of found they were searching a bit earlier in the season and they, they still are somewhat but uh searching for a replacement to the production from kenneth walker he was such a singular talent for that offense that covered up a lot of uh a lot of ills throughout the rest of the, the offense so looking for that and they found jalen berger uh sophomore running back he's averaging 4.58 yards a carry and Jarek Broussard, who's a senior running back, Berger is going to get the bulk of the work. Broussard, it's kind of a 60-40 split between the two um, here recently. And Broussard's actually at 4.9 yards to carry. Um, neither of them are, are great, uh, but you know, they have found some success here in the past couple weeks. Uh, Peyton Thorne then kind of the plan for them on offense is run the ball, open up deep shots for Peyton Thorne. Uh, Thorne is hitting on 63% of his passes. He's at 7.1 yards for attempt. And you look at their receivers, uh, really it's primarily two targets, and that's going to be Keon Coleman and Jaden Reed. Uh, both of them have caught more than 40 passes. But what stands out is that they have – multiple targets that are averaging above 14 yards a catch. Keon Coleman, Malik Carr, Jeremy Bernard. Um, going through that list, what you're finding is that guys aren't catching a lot of balls per game, but the ones they do catch tend to be big plays. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of runs from Michigan State that's attempting to open up a deep shot passing game and hit those big plays. It's not going to be a lot of sustained drives from Michigan State, uh, but they, they're going to try to hit some big plays after pounding it on the ground uh, to open up and soften up that uh, the passing attack. So for Indiana, it's going to have to be make them one-dimensional, uh, eliminate the running game, make sure they don't get any success there, try to get to Peyton Thorne, because I do think you can force some errors on, uh, from him, um, Thorne has thrown, I think it was nine interceptions. Yes, that's correct. Nine interceptions, uh, on the season. So he'll make some mistakes. And if you can get some pressure on him and prevent him from completing those big shots, uh, down the field, now that's going to be a problem for IU secondary because we've seen them give up those big plays on numerous occasions this year, just having either communication breakdowns. Um, or just flat-out busted coverages um, that are giving up those big plays, and that's going to be what Michigan State's going to look to capitalize on. So uh, I think the big thing to watch will be can I use secondary, stay locked in all game and prevent those big play, plays from getting hit. If you can do that and make Michigan State work their way down the field, I don't think they can do that consistently. They haven't shown that they can all season. Uh, it's going to be a cold, cold day in East Lansing on Saturday. The high is only 27 uh, with 16 mile an hour winds. So it, it's going to be a, a cold weather game. I, I think the team who runs the ball a little bit better. And I think with the threat of the quarterback run, Indiana's run offense gets so much better. You know, Dexter yeah. Williams and non-sack rushing yards, which I still don't understand why college football doesn't, uh, you know, put those towards passing yards. Uh, he had 76 non-sack rushing yards. 
Indiana for the game was well over 100 yards against Ohio State because of that. And, um, you know, they had a nice 44-yard run from Emory Simmons. And it looks like Walt Bell is starting starting to open up the playbook a little bit more. And maybe that's because the offensive line can give him a little bit more. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if Joshua Sales could go this week. He seems like a game-time decision uh, on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, if you could get Josh Henderson the ball more um, and get Jalen Lucas the ball more, maybe you could find more success in that running game. Uh, and then, you know, Dexter Williams played in a bad weather game last week and threw the ball pretty well. It wasn't, you know, he didn't miss his throws because the weather was bad. Um, he missed his throws due to inexperience, some drop balls. And quite frankly, you're playing a very good defense as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out, uh, you know, if Indiana can, you know, get some life, get a spark, carry some momentum. Uh, and, and maybe get out of East Lansing with the win. The spread was 13, I believe 13 and a half points to open. I saw it got down to 10 at some point last night. I haven't checked it this morning, um, but that number has come down several points as well. TJ, if you're a, a casual fan looking at a casual Indiana fan looking at this game, what is your matchup to watch? I think for me, it's going to be Dexter Williams uh, against the Michigan State secondary, which again, I think is really susceptible. Um, and it gives Williams a chance to have some success. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, the outcome's important in this one. It's a game that IU is capable of winning. Uh, but for me, the most important thing is what do we see from Dexter Williams over the next two weeks as we look forward for Indiana football? Is Dexter Williams a guy that they can build around uh, and have an offseason to build the offense around him? I think we'll find out a lot about that over the next two weeks. And Michigan State secondary is one he can have, uh, have a good day against um, if he gets some help from the offensive line and, and his receivers. But that's what I'm looking for, is that individual performance of Dexter Williams uh, attacking this Michigan State secondary, which, which, again, can be vulnerable. They're not terrible. Uh, there's still some really good players back there, but it's certainly going to be much easier going than he's seen in his previous action. Yeah, and my matchup to watch is right along that. It's the Indiana receivers against the Michigan State's um, secondary. Can guys right. like Donovan McCulley, uh, Emery Simmons, Anderson Kobe, uh, even throw Jalen Lucas out there, Maybe Cameron Perry finally gets some some uh, run there as well. Yeah. Can those guys get open, make some plays down the field, and get some momentum for next year, get some momentum going into the bucket game, and get some confidence going that you can really uh, see and be successful? Because this is not this is not the uh, you know the the Darquez Denard and and Michigan State secondary, no-fly zone of the past. This is a team that gives up a ton of yards up through the air. It's probably, you know, the worst or second-worst pass defense in the Big Ten. They should have success. Um, they're not – IU's receivers are not going to be that outgunned by by the defensive back. So I, I, it's time for IU's receivers to make some plays. And, and 
it's also a time to evaluate for the coaches who might be back next year. Who's going to give you, you know, who's talented enough to, that, you, that you actually want them back? Or do you push them towards a portal? A guy like Javon Swinton uh, and things like that. Is This is a big game for those guys. Uh, because if you, if you can't have success against Michigan State, it, it might be time to, to move on uh, and, and things like that. Because IU does, I, I really wish they wouldn't redshirt Omar Cooper because I think he would have a big day uh, against Michigan State as well. But, you know, that, that's, that ship has sailed uh, and, and we'll see. But there's guys coming up through the system and, uh, you know, Cam Camper is going to be back next year as well. Uh, so we'll see. It, it's a big day for the receivers, uh, important day for the receivers. And I think that that's my matchup to watch on Saturday. Uh, TJ, keys to the game for Indiana to walk out of East Lansing with the old brass spittoon. I'm going to go with one that Indiana has not had much success with so far, and that's winning the turnover battle. Uh, they're on just a ridiculous streak of not recovering fumbles that are loose. They I recovered one last any... week. Yes. They, yes. They got their first one. I think it was up that to 10 maybe or 11 the, in a row. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the dam has broken uh, in that respect, but um, I, I think that, this is a game that is gettable, but IU's going to have to have some of those plays go their way. I think they'll need to get to Peyton Thorne. Like I said, he's thrown nine interceptions on the season. He'll make some mistakes. Dexter Williams has to take care of the ball. That includes while he's running with it um, and good decision-making when he's passing. So I'm going to go with that turnover battle, winning that, uh, and maybe you know setting the offense up on some short fields would go a long way towards helping IU pull off this upset. Yeah, I thought you when you said uh, something that they haven't done uh, very well this year was score more points that than the opponents. It, it could have been, been that too. And that, that's all of our uh, keys to the game, keys to victory, score more points than Michigan State. But in order to do that, I think uh, the key to the game for Indiana is to play a clean game in all phases. Um, you know, the offense didn't turn the ball over against Ohio State, but the defense led up a, a ton of big plays. Special teams had a punt block um, as well that led to a touchdown, which kind of gets negated by the, the fumble recovery, but it kind of doesn't. Um, it, it's it's We have not seen Indiana play a complete game, uh, really. I, I would say if the most complete game was probably the opener against Illinois, but yeah. even that wasn't a complete game. They have not put together a complete game in all three phases uh, yet this year. I think if they could do that um, and and could do that with, with, with limiting turnovers, getting takeaways on defense, uh, and, and not having those just excruciating um, – plays, uh, devastating plays on special teams that include block punts, a long return uh, on either kick or punt or penalties uh, on a, a kick return or, or punt return. They have a weapon now. It's the first time I think um, we've seen kick return, multiple kick returns against Ohio State from Indiana where they just didn't fair catch it. Now, Jalen Lucas did fair catch it a couple of times. 
but he was real close to breaking off a couple of them against Ohio State. If he had enough to get to the edge, I think they have a real weapon in Jalen Lucas. Maybe, maybe uh, he gets things going again against Michigan State, but all three phases have to click. You can't turn the ball over on offense. Like you said, you got to get stops and takeaways on defense as well. And then no critical errors on, uh, on special teams. Look, James Evans is having a heck of a, a heck of a season, uh, despite having two punts blocked. Um, and you know, he sets up the defense for success. The defense has to be successful. You got to get a three and out or get, get off the field quickly to set up the offense with good field position. And then the offense, if you do that, the offense has to take advantage. We didn't see that against um, Penn State uh, with Tywin Mullins interception. He started at the 19, ended up punting, I believe, on that drive, which is ridiculous. But, you know, those are the plays that that you got to get. Michigan State does have bowl eligibility on the line. So they're they're mm-hmm. playing for something too, not just this platoon. So Indiana could play spoiler. Uh, it'd be not, Michigan State goes to Penn State next week. That's going to be a tough road for them. So they 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 want to get this one on Saturday. And what better way to play spoiler to a rival in a trophy game than to win it? Maybe end their bowl run as well. It's somebody you compete against in recruiting as well. Uh, you know, they've split the last two meetings. So those extra bowl practices do mean a lot. And, and you could you could actively prevent that from happening if you go to East Lansing and, and win on Saturday. Uh, TJ, final thoughts on, t- on Saturday's game. I think it's an important one, not just because of the brass platoon, but this is after a couple of weeks of kind of getting your head pounded in and not being able to do much about it, uh, this is a, a good chance for IU's younger players um, that you hope are starting to see a lot more game action. That you know the names we've mentioned here today. Um, it's a good chance for them to maybe have some success, get some confidence. Uh, and see what they can do against not a matchup opponent. I mean, Michigan State's in a better place than IU is. There's no question about that. But but much closer to that uh, than a Michigan or a Penn State or Ohio State uh, that some guys have seen action in earlier. Um, so I, I think that this is an important game in that respect. And I, I'm really – the thing that I'm most looking forward to is seeing what can Dexter Williams do – with what I hope is a full week of preparation, knowing that he is going to be the starter. The offense is catered to his abilities and catered to avoid his weaknesses. I hope that that's what's happening. And if it is, what can he do against a defense that is gettable? I think it's going to go a long way towards determining whether or not he's the guy that you look at as your quarterback heading into 2023. Uh, and, and that's, you know, in a season that is otherwise uh, a complete failure, that can be something positive to build on. Yeah, that's exactly right. This is, you hope that Allen and the staff are taking this as an, not an open, like a tryout, but this is an right. open audition uh, right. for you know, the starting job going into next year. And this is 
Dexter Williams' chance to get reps with the ones and the twos in game in game situations against two rivals, one on the road, one at home, and you see what you have. And look, if Dexter Williams comes out and is absolute garbage, all right, no, the, the no time has been lost. Um, you know, the, the, sure, you'll finish the season three and nine, but then you could address that in the off season. You go to the transfer portal, get a quarterback. Um, do you enter, you know, spring practice with a, a two-man race between uh, – and maybe Connor Basilak comes back into to the race too. But for me, he just looked checked out on Saturday. Uh, and I don't think he's a good fit for Walt Bell's offense. Uh, look, he's played his heart out. He has uh, led IU to three wins, three come-from-behind wins in, in exciting fashion as well. Uh, it, it's, I don't think he's a good fit for what Walt Bell wants to do. So it might be time to move off of Connor Basilak for the future. But do you go into spring practice with a, an open competition between McCulley, Sorsby, and maybe you have Brock Lowry in for spring practice as well? And, and you go with those three and split up the reps that way? Or if Dexter Williams does play really well, and you go in with him at the number one, Soresby at number two, Brock Lowry at number three, and you divide your reps that way. There's a lot to figure out over these last two games, and you just hope that, um, one, everybody stays healthy, and two, that they can find something, something positive to go into the offseason to build the offseason around. Because what Indiana can't do, TJ, and we – said it during the spring you can't have zero momentum and zero storylines going into the offseason I, right. I really hope that they open up spring practice to, to uh to the media because all that's going to be talked about by indiana football if they lose out is that you went to five and whatever five and uh was it 19 over the last two years with one conference win that is going to be the storyline from now until Ohio state or fall camp kicks off. If you close down spring practice, so they need something positive for people to latch on to uh, and, and talk about. However, TJ, we did get a bit of positive news about Indiana football this week. Yesterday, uh, Hoosiers for good Hoosiers connect announced that an anonymous donor, it's not me. It's not you. Um, so we don't know who it is, uh, is going to match up to a million dollars in, uh, in gifts for NIL to, uh, to those two organizations, uh, from all that we've heard and read from the Indy star and some other insiders that th this money is earmarked for football and that it, it should mostly or all go to the football program. Uh, so you're you're talking about up to two million dollars in one campaign. Uh, it, it's big news. What what do you take away from that? It's a start. It's absolutely a start. Uh, this amount of money, um, one, it's whoever's doing that. If you happen to be a listener of Hoosier Huddle, thank you uh, for your you know extremely generous donation towards the program in hopes that. Uh, you know, we if we see a turnaround in the product that we see on the field. Um, second, 
you know, a program like an Ohio State or a Michigan, you're looking at $12, $13 million annually. Uh, Indiana's not going to be that, and expectations of competing with those schools, I'm sorry, they're not currently realistic. Uh, We've seen that on the field, and what you see on the field is a result of the recruiting and the development within those programs and the facilities and the overall immense operations that those schools have and the resources they have put into the programs. Uh, that's, that's why you get the product you do on the field. Now, what Indiana can do is get to that five, six, seven million dollars annually uh, to compete with really most of the rest of the Big Ten. That would get you on, we don't know for sure because these numbers aren't public, but I would think that that gets you on par with pretty much everybody else in the league and gives you a fighting chance in these recruiting battles uh, as you look to, one, get good players in, number two, keep good players in your program uh, and avoid them transferring out. So, it's a great start. It's a very, very generous and serious uh, amount of money from an individual. Hopefully, you know, the maximum amount of matched is uh, is raised and, and put in. Um, I think it's probably the most positive news that we've seen from the program uh, since the Hoosiers' last victory. So um, it's a big deal. It is a, just a start, though. There's still a lot of work that's going to have to be done to get the Hoosiers where they need to be in terms of the NIL wars, if you will, that are, are going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. And that uh, giving campaign uh, goes until um, December 31st. So it, it, it's a, a match uh, up until uh, collected by December 31st, 2022. So if you're looking to make a donation, if you're an Indiana fan looking to make a donation, we have the article up on our page. There are links there. You could go to Hoosiers for Good and donate, earmark your money for football. There's a drop down tab uh, there as well. Um, and Hoosiers Connect, which is uh, something kind of new. Uh, our link is in there too. They're both run by the same people. Uh, but one is, is a little bit different. Um, Hoosiers for Good sets uh, athletes up with charitable organizations. Uh, Hoosier Connect is more of um, a corporate sponsorship. You know, you get some some sort of incentive too for how much you give um, and opportunities to interact with players and things like that. So an excellent opportunity for all those fans who have been complaining about the lack of NIL money, well, they just gave you a way to put your money where your mouth is, um, you know, and, and match and make, make every dollar, $2, up to a million dollars. So, um, you know, if you're feeling in the giving mood, uh, this is, and, and want to help Indiana football, this is, uh, this is the way to do it. Uh, TJ, I do want to uh, send uh, Hoosier Huddles as a site condolences to the Virginia football program. It's a program that uh, IU has played twice uh, since, uh, since 2017. So we're familiar with them. They had an unreal tragedy over the weekend uh, with three players killed in a shooting in uh, Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry and Lavelle Davis jr. 
So our thoughts are with the um, the Virginia Cavaliers, that uh, football program, those coaches, players all over there hurting. Uh, another senseless gun violence uh, incident, um, and, and hopefully that the healing process begins for them. Just an unbelievably sad uh, story out of Charlottesville uh, over the past couple of days. So we want to send our thoughts uh, and, and our prayers over to them and wish them a speedy uh, recovery. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, as we turn our attention to uh, to Saturday, game is at uh, noon. Game is at noon, and you can, as always, uh, either find it on TV or the IU Radio Network with uh, Don Fisher uh, from East Lansing. After that, it's Bucket Week, uh, so we're going to have you know all of our coverage leading up to the Michigan State game, after the Michigan State game, and then uh, quickly turn attention to the Boilermakers, who very well could be playing for the Big Ten West title. Uh, an absurd statement, if there ever was one, and another true indictment of the ridiculous division system. But it is what we currently have, and if Purdue has a chance to win it, uh, I can think of no better way to end the season than spoiling that. So uh, certainly a lot left to play for. I know it has at times been a real slog uh, to watch this team. Hopefully this Saturday provide some hope. Uh, and excitement with Dexter Williams and some young Hoosiers out there uh, against the Spartans. So we'll see. Like we've said, there's still a lot to play for in these last two games. Um, Or we could see the Hoosiers completely fall flat on their face uh, against these two opponents, and we leave the season with even more questions than we have now. Uh, We're about to find out. Yeah, we are. Our game again is uh, kicking off at noon. It's on Big Ten Network. You can listen to Don Fisher, Rhett Lewis on uh, the IU Radio Network and all the fun facts that they have to say brought to you by yours truly. Uh, not all of them. Rhett does a lot of his own work and, and is fantastic as well. Um, but you can listen on the IU Radio broadcast. Uh, we'll be up in the East Lansing as well. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. And keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your uh, news, notes, stories, and and whatnots on Indiana football. Uh, For TJ Inman, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, Subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Rate, leave a comment, uh, all of the above. Thank you for listening. I know it's been a long season, um, but we're happy to be with you and get you through it.